Welcome to our third session on Semantic Wikis in the Semantic Wiki mini-series. Today we will talk uh, entirely on Semantic Media Wiki, which is the most popular Semantic Wiki today. And we have a number of people presenting on that. First, we have the honor to listen to Markus Kreutz, who is one of the main contributors and inventors of the Semantic Media Wiki extension. Then we will hear a talk from Jaron Koren, who wrote a number of extensions to that extension to make Semantic Media Wiki even more useful. Then we will hear a talk from Daniel Hunt and Mark Greaves about the Halo extension, which has been developed um, to make Semantic Media Wiki even more usable and more powerful. Then a talk about a rules prototype, which enhances Semantic Media Wiki with rules so a new knowledge representation formalism inside Semantic Media Wiki. And then we will hear about the PMWX extension, which brings the concept of purple numbers that we use in this wiki as well back to Semantic Media Wiki, so hopefully make it more popular as well. And finally, we'll, we will hear about concept modeling in Semantic Media Wiki by G. Bao and Li Ding and oh, Zenning Shangguan. Sorry if I'm not pronouncing it correct. Then, after the full talks, we will have the lightning talks, and this time we have only one lightning talk, but a very good one. Um, it's about semantic search in the Semantic Media Wiki, presented by Peter Hase and Daniel Herzig. Okay, so we have a packed program, and first I'd like to introduce uh, to to announce Markus Kreutz to introduce us to the Semantic Media Wiki as a whole. So please download the slides and listen to Markus Kreutz. Okay, hello everyone. This is Markus Kreutz. I am currently the lead developer of Semantic Media Wiki and I hope you have gained access to the slides that uh, in PDF form which you find on the web. We are currently on the title slide. So as you see, the ambitious goal I have here is to present you uh, with Semantic Media Wiki within 15 minutes. I hope I can achieve that. And uh, this talk, as you will see, is rather basic. It will really focus on the essentials of the system and not go into too much technical detail. So it's not required to have much prior knowledge about Semantic Wiki at all, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the second slide, right? So this is about Semantic Media Wiki in 15 minutes. And on the second slide, you see the basic goals we have when creating Semantic Media Wiki as system. Our idea was to have a uh, content management system which is able to manage rich text or hypertext, as you will find it in Wikipedia, for example, today, but also is able to manage structured data, as you would find it in a database content management system or in a spreadsheet application, maybe. And all of that, we intended to be based on the familiar wiki way, that is that we wanted to have something which is user-governed, uh, which is really controlled by a community of people contributing and not just by an administrator who has server access. And also something which is collaborative, so there is always a community involved, or at least in most wikis there is. And uh, the idea was to create a system where this is uh, not a problem at all, but rather an advantage. And uh, thirdly, of course, it should be easy and suitable for people who are not uh, like we are 
uh, working actively in the academic field of semantic web research, but rather uh, casual users that are able to use a wiki uh, like Wikipedia, for example. So these were our initial goals. And uh, maybe summing this up, uh, we can look at the third slide, and there you see that uh, the main objective we had was really in the beginning to enhance existing wiki applications. So we were all familiar with Wikipedia, and we had worked with it a lot, and we were convinced that many wikis, not just Wikipedia, but specifically also Wikipedia, can gain a lot by being able to manage structured data, not just having uh, text and image or sound-based content, but also data and structured content. I should mention here also the second item you see on that slide, namely that it was not our goal at any time, well, most of the time it was not our goal to do research with that. So semantic media wiki was never part of our own research agenda. And we are happy that now many research projects also have been using semantic wikis and semantic media wiki, but for us it was never the main focus to do original research here. Also, some things are certainly original. Okay, so let's look at slide four. I'm going to start with uh, introducing how data is organized in semantic media wiki. So, how what do we actually mean when we speak about structured data and how is that data actually entered? The basic idea we had was to assign property value pairs to wiki pages. And this is a really simple idea, obviously. So a property might be, for example, the property population number. And the value for this property might be an actual number of a population. And it would make sense to assign such a property value pair, for example, to a page about country which has this population that you want to annotate there. So this is the essential thing we do, and it's really the very core of the system, and in essence, it suffices to understand most of what we do. Let's look at the next page. This is page five. So what you see here is the typical syntax which we use for adding such property value pairs. It is looking very much, if you are familiar with Wikipedia or with MediaWiki in general, uh, it's very similar to the syntax used in that system. You have uh, square brackets here introducing this special markup, and then there is the name of the property, and then there are two colons, and then there is some value what you want to give that property. And you just put that anywhere on a wiki page, and you have assigned your property value pair. That's all that has to be. Let's look at the next page for more information about properties. So this is page six. Properties in the wiki can be introduced as needed by the user. This is something where people often ask us about. Yes, it's really the case. You can just add a property and there it is. So there is no predefined schema. There is no constraint on which properties you have to use or you are not allowed to use. And uh, you can always extend your set of properties if you feel that you want to talk about things which you may not have had yet in your wiki. To make that manageable in a way uh, and not result in complete chaos, all properties have their own wiki pages. And so in the very instance you first use a property in any place where it is shown from that moment on, you will find a link which uh, you can activate by clicking on the property and you will find a, a wiki page belonging to that property. 
it's not always the case that this exists already. Maybe you just created a new property, but you can create such a wiki page and fill it with content to help other people use the same property in the right way. And finally, properties may be given a data type, and I will explain this on the next slide now. What you see at the bottom are some examples. There are many more things that you could think about when talking about properties. Essentially, a property can be anything. Now let's look at slide seven. Data types, I mentioned that those can be assigned to properties, and the purpose of data types really is to specify a little bit more how data values should behave and how properties should behave in the wiki. So in the first place, these data types that a property may have uh, affect how a data value is displayed. So a number is usually just listed as a number, but a property could also, for example, point to another wiki page, like when you specify the capital of a country. And in this case, you obviously want to have a link there, a hyperlink that you can click on. And in the case of a population number, obviously, you don't want to have a hyperlink that you can click on, but rather uh, you want to have a plain number, maybe a number that is formatted in some uh, nice and readable way, but not much more. Secondly, data types also influence searching and browsing a lot, because if you, for example, look for all uh, countries which are larger than uh, one million inhabitants, then the system has, needs to have an idea about the meaning of the term larger than, and of course for numbers it is different than for strings, for example, so this is also relevant. And usually such data types are not user-defined, but rather they stem from a very short list of predefined data types, for which you have some examples here at the bottom as well. So there's number, text, page, date, URL, obviously very simple things. Okay, so this is the first part of semantic media wiki. This is how we organize and enter data into the system. Let's look at the next slide, slide eight. There uh, you find uh, the header inline queries, and this is maybe the most important feature that semantic media wiki has, and the most important thing which we do with uh, those uh, properties and value pairs that we assign. Uh, the basic idea here is simply to allow people to generate dynamic views on this wiki data that can be embedded into pages. So if you just enter a property value on a page, then you don't gain much as such. So at the beginning, you could have as well written the property value on the page as plain text as you would do it in a wiki like Wikipedia, for example. And um, Something needs to be done to motivate people to actually use that, and something needs to be done to help people exploit the data that is stored in the wiki now. And this is uh, done by those inline queries here. Uh, let's look at the next page to get a little bit more concrete about that. So this is slide nine. An inline query has to answer three questions in a way. And before I come to concrete syntax, I will look at it in this, this general way. Yes. Uh, so the first thing which an query specifies is which pages are to be displayed, which pages constitute the query results. Second thing is which additional values should be displayed for each page in the query result. So what additional data do you want to view? And finally, thirdly, uh, it is required that you know how all this should be formatted. So SMW has 
a large number of options how to uh, format query results. And this is also something that is very useful for applications as we find. Let's make that concrete on the next slide, slide 10. You find an example for that. So here uh, we specify that we want to view all the countries in Africa. So this is the specification of the pages we are interested in. This gives us a list of pages, a list of countries in that case. Secondly, we want to add for each of those countries the population and area. So we want to have two additional printouts for this. And finally, we specify that this data should be displayed within a table. And by specifying in a, in a suitably technical way, of course, in which is syntax, these three things, the semantic wiki will create for us a table of all countries in Africa with population and area, and this table will display the data that we have entered in our wiki beforehand. So this makes use of the data we entered, and it shows us a, an overview list, which otherwise we would have to create by hand, and which would be very tedious to maintain over long run. So on slide 11, I come to the uh, more technical aspect, how is this actually achieved, so how would somebody really enter such an inline query? Well, for the first aspect, we have a dedicated query language, so this is a special wiki-based language, which is closely related, if you are interested in such things, to uh, the language of OWL2. Uh, secondly, there are so-called printout statements, and thirdly, there are formatting parameters. And then on page 12, you can see how this would look, for example, on a wiki text. This looks quite technical, but if you have a second look, it's not so hard to understand. So it starts with, with some keyword asks, and it talks about the category country and uh, property located in Africa. So this searches for categories in Africa. Then you add that you want to see the population and area, and that you want to have this formatted as a table. So this is all that you need to know to make such a basic inline query, for example. And this all seems to be very simple, which I, what I talked about here, but uh, in fact, these two things, organizing data in property value pairs and having inline queries available, are, I think, the main, the very key features of this whole system and are really what makes this a useful system to a, very, to a large number of people. No, all the other things, there are many technical things around and many extensions that we'll learn about, but this is the very core that I think is, is relevant to understand, to know what semantic media would be there. Okay. Let's look at slide 13 briefly. This is just for everyone who is interested in semantic web specifically or in semantic technology, so I should rather mention how SMW relates to those things. And on the one hand, it relates to a semantic web based on its content model. So when we store data and then we process data, we do that based on a content model which is founded upon OWL2DL. So OWL is a knowledge representation language for the semantic web, and it can be used to store data as well as higher-level knowledge, and uh, we make use of that language essentially in order to store data in our wiki and to process it. So this is our formal grounding, if you want, and you can use this language also to work with wiki data beyond the wiki site. So it is also available externally in form of data export that you see here on this page, and uh, which you could download and work with. And there are some other formats for data exports. I don't list all of them here. 
common separated values, for example, are formats you can use to import data into Excel or into OpenOffice. RSS sheets are useful for newsreaders, and there are many other things that you can do. So structured data is a very versatile space for uh, adding all kinds of interoperability features with other tools and other uh, approaches, not just the semantic, but data exchange in general. Okay. So finally, before I finish this talk, I would like to look at some applications. So if you look at page 14, you will find a URL, and I invite you to briefly uh, browse to that URL now. And on that URL, at the bottom of the page, you will find a number of links to online demos, which I have selected for that talk. And I won't go into the details now because I'm running out of time, but um, rather I will go over those applications to give you an impression what you can do with uh, semantic media with the what people have done with it already. We are ourselves rather surprised seeing this creativity uh, that users have here. The first example I have on that page is called Venice Wiki. It is uh, the city wiki of the um, city of Venice in Italy. It is in a one sense it's a classical wiki because it has textual content. It describes a lot of information about the city that you might be interested in. But on the other hand, it also has a lot of structured data. For example, it has pages about all ice cream bars in Venice, or at least, well, some of them, I would say. And for all of the, the collected ice cream bars, it has structured data that specifies the location of the ice cream bar, but also uh, other relevant information around these bars. And using this data, there is, uh, it is possible to create dynamic views of those ice cream bars. And I have an example page linked there, which uh, you can click on uh, to see a page with a, a Google map displayed on the uh, right, and I won't go into the details how this actually works, but I can tell you that this Google Map is created dynamically using an inline query based on the data within the wiki. So if you change the location of any ice cream bar or if you add one, then it will also automatically appear on this map. And uh, this is one creative way of using these dynamic data views and one of the formats that SMW supports for visualizing this data. So this is, in a, in a sense, still a classical wiki because there's a lot of text. Uh, the next example I picked is called FMpedia. It is a wiki about genes and their effects. And this, this wiki is much more data-driven. Uh, in this case, it's probably not so interesting to browse around the site, but um, it is very interesting to find out about this, this wiki because it contains information about genes and about parts of genes and about uh, the relevance of those genes uh, for humans. And the pages of that wiki uh, essentially are sounding rather technical. They refer to all kinds of, of aspects of your DNA. But uh, this data collection is uh, created by a community, and uh, for each of the genes there you can find not only information about its, its location and about its, uh, its, its relevance in the DNA, but also about its effects according to recent studies. So there you have references to uh, results that have found whether or not a certain gene is relevant for, for example, certain diseases 
that you may be more likely to get with that gene and stuff like that. And as such, this is more interesting for, for people in medicine, of course, but uh, this site also supplies um, a companion tool, which I have linked at, uh, at the, in the third bullet point here, and this is a downloadable tool that you can use to analyze your own DNA. So if you have uh, purchased a sequentialization of your DNA, this is possible today, you have to go to some service provider for that, then you can take that DNA offline. You don't have to upload it to any one site. And you can take this tool and you can analyze your DNA with respect to the genes that are found in there. And using the data from this community wiki, you can find out whether you are more likely to have a certain disease, for example. And if the community extends this information pool, uh, you can get new insights over time. And this is a very nice semantic web application in a way because it is built on the idea that you have to download the data from the site and use it on your own computer to do something with it because you don't want to upload your DNA to some web page. You want to download rather the information about genes. So these are, this is a much more data-driven application. It's much further away from a classical wiki, as you can see here. It's more like a content management system based on a database. I have two more examples. Uh, I'm not sure whether I, I should continue with that, given that I promised uh, to take only 15 minutes, so I'm going to be a little briefer here. There is, of course, the notorious Wikipedia, which you may have, might have heard about, uh, I include it here because it's probably the most popular in terms of users and clicks, most popular site using semantic media wiki today. It's a wiki about celebrities, uh, mostly about female celebrities, as you can guess. And it's mostly centered on multimedia content, but also on data about uh, people there and what is remarkable there, I guess, is that it is very much customized. It, it doesn't look like Wikipedia. It doesn't look like a wiki even. And even if you edit it, you won't find it to be very wiki-like. So it's one application which goes far away from the technical interface of a wiki more to something which is which is easy to use for people who are not familiar with this technology. And finally, I mentioned this site that you are viewing here. My homepage, namely, is uh, also a semantic wiki, uh, as you could have guessed. It's a single-user application. It's not a community-based wiki because it's my private homepage. And there I use semantic media wiki to manage publications. So I mimic the capabilities of a publication management tool and database uh, only by using a semantic wiki off the shelf without any special programming, just creating pages. And doing that, I obtain dynamic views of my publications. I obtain RSS feeds with uh, my publications. So this is not very useful, but it is a proof of concept in a way that you can uh, also export data in that way. So at least potentially people can subscribe to a feed of recent publications on that site. And there are many dynamic views which are very are creating very little maintenance efforts on my side, but which are very useful and nice to have. So this is also a somewhat unusual application for a wiki, which I include here to show that uh, with this mixture of text and structured data, you have completely new applications at hand that are not really 
typical for a wiki system today. Okay, so, and this brings me back to my slide set. Uh, to slide 15, which is the last slide of my talk, um, I just reported here about the core of SMW, which is really centered around this searching and organization of data. And we are very happy today that uh, we have a large user community which is very active. We know about some hundred sites using it. There might be much more, but it's hard to tell because it's open source and you can't find the sites easily. We have been translated into more than 20 languages completely and around 50 languages have at least some partial translation. And there are many public mailing lists in the forum and the backtrack. And uh, moreover, there is a rather active developer community we will hear about extensions during that session, and I, I won't talk about that uh, in that talk anymore. So that's it. From my side, on the final slide 16, you will find links to our homepage and, again, to this talk page where you can get the slides again if you like to. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, Marcus, for the introduction. I think that was very concise and, and nice. We have one question. Uh, I think we have not introduced how to do questions in this call yet, so the usual idea is to use the chat room and raise your hand uh, using the hand icon. Okay, I guess then we uh, postpone I have these a questions. Quick, I have a quick clarification. What is our D, our EL? I was... Not aware. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yes. I, I didn't. I, I deliberately omitted these formal details because I think we have a very general audience here. But our um, EL, um, if you know our DL already, is so our I should say, is a knowledge representation language that has been around for some time in the semantic web, and more recently, the our knowledge representation language has been extended and revised to a new uh, release, so to speak, uh, which is called R2. And this R2 effort includes now uh, not only the new extended R knowledge representation language, but also it specifies certain sub-languages of R2, which are very simple and are easier to implement than the full R uh, language. And one of those sub-languages is called REL. So it's if you want a stripped-down version of OWL, which is easier to handle and uh, which is far more suitable to be used in a wiki because it is uh, having a much lower computational complexity and it's, it's easier to deal with in general. But even this is not implemented fully in semantic media wiki editing. So it's just uh, for those who know the specification or who are aware of the L2 effort, uh, it is possibly a useful thing to know that we are living in this uh, vicinity expressivity-wise. And uh, the R2 language at the moment is not a official WCC specification yet because it is just in the process of being finalized and we are currently in last call and uh, hopefully it's first part of next year there will be a, an official finalized standard which specifies everything. But I will paste some URLs into the chat here uh, for people who are interested in the current status. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Peter here. Max. Uh, yep. Actually, since 
we have to go through an explanation of getting people onto the uh, question queue if there are no burning questions for uh, a speaker may may I suggest we hold off the discussion until all the presentations are done would that be okay yeah good point so then I would propose to go on with the next talk of uh, Yaron Corin. Yaron, are you ready? If so, press star 3 to unmute your voice. Oh, hello. Hello, can you hear me? Yo. Can everyone hear me? Uh, <clears throat> cool, should I just start? Yo, you can start slide one. We are ready. Just announce the slide as, as you move on. Uh, okay, this is my presentation. Uh, slide one, please. Um, it's called Some Extensions to Semantic Media Wiki. Um, just briefly, my name is Yaron Koren, um, and um, I either created or contributed something to all the extensions I'm talking about here. Um, slide two. Um, Basically, the objective with all of the extensions that I'm that I'm going to talk about, and my my objective in general, um, has been to, uh, to to the greatest extent possible to simplify and enable um, the general actions within um, that one can do with data, which which I'm I'm listing here is adding, editing, browsing, displaying, importing, and exporting, um, and the approach to that is to uh, try to completely hide the semantic nature of the data from users. Um, so the, the basic idea is if users can, can modify and interact with the data, meaning they can make full use of the data, both um, both changing it, adding it, and, and viewing it in different ways, without actually knowing that it's either semantic or a wiki, then, that's, that's, then we fully succeeded. That's the the uh, ultimate goal, and in fact that has happened in some cases, which is great to see. Um, so, um, okay, slide three. Uh, so, so, so basically in this presentation I'm going to go through those actions that I've enumerated and show how different extensions handle different one of those, ones of those. Um, so the first extension is semantic forms, and that's, a, that's really my main, my most popular extension. Um, and this one handles the adding and editing of data. Um, slide four. So um, I took as an example of a, a great, relatively new wiki at openresearch.org. It's called it's called openresearch.org, I believe. Um, and, and it handles. Uh, it's supposed to be a directory of uh, research projects and academics and um, conferences and things like that. And basically, basically a single place where all academic uh, data can be entered and viewed. Um, so, um, so here's a here's a sample page um, on this wiki. Um, this, if you've ever seen Wikipedia or another media wiki-based wiki, then this should look pretty familiar. It's it's um, it's got some some text and it's got an info box, uh, which is that thing on the right-hand side. Uh, those show up a lot in Wikipedia. Um, this doesn't look anything out of the ordinary. Uh, the one thing you'll notice at the top is there's an edit with form tab uh, in addition to just the regular edit tab. Um, so um, so um, how does this work? 
let's go to the next slide, slide five. Um, this is what happens when you click on the on the regular edit tab, and you can see that it uses a template. Um, if you ever look, if you ever click on the edit tab on a Wikipedia page that has an info box, you'll see basically the same thing. Um, and templates are crucial um, for this purpose. They um, they're a standard media wiki feature that that uh, basically lets you define a, a part of a page, specify some values, and then they get then it gets transcluded or whatever the term is into the page with those values. Um, so this is this is the this is the the, the the first way in which the semantics get hidden from the user. If you actually went into that into the uh, definition of that the event template, I'm not going to show it in this presentation, but if you were to go there, you would see, in addition to Wikitext defining the table and the colors and everything, there there would also be semantic properties. Um, so that, for instance, when it says um, city equals Las Vegas, there's something there's a there's a semantic property in there um, specifying that you know has city uh, and then the the value there, um, so that it, ca it actually gets stored in the database um, through Semantic Media Wiki. Um, so um, so e so it just by itself the use of the templates I, I think solves a lot of problems as far as uh, getting people to um, use semantic um, structure and semantic knowledge without needing to know the details of property names and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and equally importantly, they don't have to know what types, what type of knowledge belongs in each page because the template predefines that. They just all they have to worry about is filling it in with the current values. Um, so, so that's the first half of making this easy for the users. Uh, if you go to slide six, um, here's the form. This is, this is you know, the big thing. Um, basically, all, all the data in this form is the same data that's in that template. It's just uh, it's just laid out in a way that it's easy for people to um, to fill out. There's um, The input type is dependent on the, the type of the property, so you, you have them some, some date. Uh, properties there that are show up as date inputs, and you can see there's under the type there's a drop down, and that's because that uh, property is an enumeration, so it has a predefined list of uh, possible values. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, to the user, the user doesn't have to worry about all this semantic stuff or how this is defined. They just they just see a list of um, form inputs. They can fill it out and then hit save at the bottom, and they're done. Um, Oh yeah, and the other nice thing about forms is they let you stick in explanatory information. You can see a bunch of um, explanatory um, uh, strings there, text there, explaining each field, so which is nice also. Um, so, so now if we go to slide seven, um, uh, just in, in case you're curious how a form is defined, the next thing is forms are wiki pages themselves, or the, the form definitions are. So um, basically, when a user goes to a form, um, the the system looks up the form definition for that um, for that form, which in this case would be this page, um, and parses this. So you can see here, there's um, uh, I'm not going to explain this in too much in too much detail because it's it's a lot to take in. But um, 
there's a combination of wiki text to set the uh, display and then some um, a mini scripting language to set the different inputs within the form. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's how the magic works. Um, okay, I guess that's it for semantic forms. Um, slide eight. Um, so the next, the, the next big, um, task <coughs> the users want to do is browsing all the data, uh, in the wiki at once, just seeing a high level view of everything. And for that, there's a, um, there's an extension called semantic drill down, uh, slide nine. Um, so this is a, this is from a wiki, uh, the URL is at the bottom. It's the virtual worlds wiki, which shows information about virtual world, like Second Life and whatever. Um, so, um, this, this, this is what's known as a drill down or, or a faceted browser interface where you can click on different values to get, um, to get more fine-grained, um, views of the data. So this is what happens when you, there's basically one browse data page for the entire wiki. This is what happens when you, uh, when the user has clicked on the value of Japanese for the, uh, the language, um, filter. So you can see here, this is, this is, um, a listing of the, uh, of all the remaining filters for this set of, uh, Japanese language virtual worlds, uh, of which I guess there are five. Uh, and you can see the top of the, uh, of the results list at the bottom of that page. Um, there's two more that you don't see. Um, so, so, I, uh, hopefully this gives a sense for how that works. Basically, each of these filters is defined in the, in, uh, on other pages as corresponding to a single semantic property. Um, so, so this is all semantic data, as you could expect. Um, uh, and the extension takes care of doing this formatting and, um, and, uh, doing the layout and everything. Uh, and you can see on the right, uh, the users can also choose from, uh, from the, the three other categories in this wiki. So, um, in general, this, this, uh, this, um, displays all the categories within a wiki so that you can, um, see everything at once. You don't need different drill-down interfaces for the different categories. Um, Oh, and I guess one thing that that hasn't been mentioned is that the general uh, philosophy is that categories in MediaWiki um, are used to define classes. So everything, every page in a specific category, at least at least in theory, is is of that type. So every page within the virtual world category is a virtual world that's defined using the same template and form and has all these properties set. Um, so that makes it easy to um, to get at the uh, set of, of each type of page. Um, yeah, although in this in the case of this wiki, I don't think that's quite true. Uh, that properties of virtual worlds is a whole different thing, but and maybe the first two are. Um, maybe this is the only category that actually applies in the conventional sense um, to that heuristic, but uh, that's how it is. So, um, okay, let's move on uh, slide 10. Uh, the next... Can everybody still hear me? What? Sure. Go ahead. Okay. I was just... Great. You know, it's, it's kind of dislocating to just talk for a while and not, not get any feedback. Um, okay, so... Um, so, yeah, so there's... A, there's, a, there's, there's um, three extensions that I'm going to show. There's, there's more than this, um, but... Uh, 
these three are, are hopefully representative, and uh, they're all extensions that I had something to do with. Um, so this is for displaying data, which Marcus showed uh, some of in the previous talk. Um, uh, yeah, let's. There are semantic results for format, semantic Google Maps, and semantic compound queries. Let's go through all of these and see uh, see what they do. Uh, slide 11. Um, so semantic result format is the big extension that holds um, that holds additional formats for inline queries. Uh, semantic Media Wiki itself holds I don't know something like 10 or more formats of its own, including some that Marcus mentioned, like table and list. Um, but, the, but this one is intended for the more um, – uh, well, it's, it's basically intended as sort of a catch-all for everything that's not defined in Semantic Media Wiki. Um, so um, there's the, the, the uh, timeline, event line, Google bar, Google pie, graph, and calendar formats. And, and actually, this uh, it's no fault of the organizers, but this slide show is already out of date because um, two days ago uh, – the more formats were added, like uh, like sum and average, those are mathematical functions. So um, so yeah, so more and and in addition, more formats are being planned. So this is this is going to be the big um, catch-all for uh, for all the additional formats that are coming. Um, so let's go through a few of these and see what they look like. Uh, slide 12. Um, this is from a wiki called uh, TechPresentations.org, which shows technical presentations and technical conferences and stuff. Um, this is a uh, this is a result of a, a query that uses the timeline format, um, and it's it's cool. This is a this is it basically uses an external JavaScript library that was created by the uh, the MIT Simile project, I think, and um, and it's great. You can slide back and forth, not on this, but uh, you can imagine sliding back and forth on, on this timeline. Um, so every conference has a start and end date, and that shows up nicely here. Um, so, okay, uh, and then there's also an event line format, which is similar, but I'm not showing it. Uh, slide 13. Um, here's an example of the Google bar format. Uh, Google provides a nice um, API that lets you um, show the values, show different values on a, on a bar graph. If you just set those all in the URL, it comes back with a nice um, bar graph. So, um yeah, this is from my own wiki, discoursedb.org, which shows political opinions. And in this case, this is the uh, this is the frequency of uh, uh, political of uh, opinion items about different topics for the I think the 20 most popular ones. So so uh, you can see what people are talking about, or at least what's been entered on the wiki. Um, yeah, I think it, uh, this one I really. The, this format, I think, it looks really nice. Um, moving on to slide 14, same deal. Google also provides a pie chart API, and this is the same data from Discourse DB. I, I think this is only the top 10, but uh, just different ways of viewing the data. Um, slide 15. This is the uh, calendar format, also for DiscourseDB.org. Uh, this is a relatively uh, new format, so... Um, so that's why I've picked DiscourseDB for it, because it's one of the few that use it already. Um, so, um, yeah, it presents a monthly calendar um, using a date property, uh, a property of type date for um, for opinion items within the wiki. And this just happens to be the, the opinion items that were written in November 2008, but you can scroll back and forth 
uh, through time to, to see what happened in different months. Uh, and this can be used for, for events or uh, meetings or anything else. Um, okay, slide 16. Um, okay, this is a this is a new extension called Semantic Google Maps. Um, the reason it's not part of Semantic Result Formats is that in addition to providing a query format like the one you see, uh, it also provides an interface within forms um, so that when choosing, when selecting a property of type coordinates, you don't have, just have to enter, uh, you know, numbers. You can you can use a Google map to let you select a point on Earth, uh, and that inputs it into the form. Uh, but in any case, I, I'm not showing that part. I'm just showing the um, the display, the uh, the uh, display of multiple points. So um, this is from a, a wiki called Hackerspaces.org, which is a directory of hacker spaces. Um, you'll have to go there to see what that means. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, Marcus showed, showed something very similar to this before. Basically, each of these points represents a single page. And if you click on any of those markers, you can get to that page. Um, so that's cool. Um, okay, next slide, slide 17. Um, semantic compound queries. This is another uh, pretty new extension. Um, and th this, this actually is, um, it defines its own uh, querying uh, function that, that's very similar to the standard semantic media wiki one, but it takes in multiple queries and can show them at the same time. Um, so this this opens up a lot of possibilities. Um, in this case, it's being used to show a map, um, and there's actually there's actually a few green points on the map, but you can only see one clearly from this um, zoom level. Um, but the basic idea is. Um, you're no longer constrained by having to um, having to show the the results of just one query. So, for instance, um, I mean, a map is the most obvious usage if you have a lot of different points and they 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 can be accessed only through different queries. Um, you can get them all and actually show a different marker for each one, uh, which is cool. Um, you can do the same thing for calendars. If you have different types of events or meetings or such, you can show them and, and display them with different colors. And then there's more um, pedestrian uses you can have with uh, tables and lists and such. Um, this is from the site smw.referata.com, which is the uh, Semantic Media Wiki Community Wiki. And this, this map actually shows um, pink is people, so, so um, each of those points represents a person involved with Semantic Media Wiki who's entered themselves, themselves into that wiki. And green is organizations, so the, the one green thing you see is, I think, uh, an organization in Vienna. Um, okay, uh, slide 18, please. Uh, the last function, uh, the last big function is importing and exporting data, and for that there is an extension called data transfer. Uh, slide 19. Um, so, um, so Mar Marcus noted already that Semantic Media Wiki provides its own export functionality using RDF, uh, but uh, sometimes RDF is not ideal. Uh, if you're dealing with structured data within the wiki, it might make sense to use XML, um, just very standard XML, instead of converting it into RDF, which which eliminates that whole structure of the data. And then, if uh, if you're using it again for a structured way, you're trying to put it back into structure. This way, I mean, XML is just an, an obvious um, format that you'd want your, your data to be in. 
So this is um, this is from a, a European um, project wiki, and uh, this this XML was really is really easy to generate. You just um, you just basically specify which categories you want to export and hit export, and it creates this XML. Um, so this actually um, this XML reflects the structure of the template calls within each page. Um, so that free text thing you see there is all the stuff that's not part of the template call. Um, but the um, but the, the project um, data there is, is is basically just a template call that was trans translated into XML. Um, so it, it actually bypasses the semantic stuff and just goes straight from template to XML, but I, I still consider it a uh, a semantic extension. Um, I guess it's it's small s semantic as opposed to large s semantic. Um, okay, uh, slide twenty. Um, and uh, sorry, sorry to end this presentation on a bit of a, an anticlimax, but uh, but importing data is currently not possible. Um, it's pretty easy to conceive. I mean, you can just create XML that looks like what was there before in the previous slide. Um, from a different system, uh, some non-wiki system, and then um, you can import it and hit some button, and uh, it turns it into pages with template calls, which you can then add semantic encoding to and uh, make it into a, a nice wiki. Uh, but that's still not possible. It's um, hopefully soon, though. Um, okay, next slide, slide 21. I think this is the last one. Um, some links. These aren't clickable, unlike Mark says. Um, Mark has mentioned the first one. It's the, that's the um, the homepage for SMW, and it's also got a lot of information and links to uh, all the extensions that I mentioned and some other ones. Um, second one, referata.com. I wouldn't. I would be remiss if I didn't plug my own site. Uh, but this is a uh, it's a host for Semantic Media Wiki wikis. Um, so it's really easy to to create your own if you wanna. If you want to uh, look into it and, and uh, see what this whole thing is about, um, basic usage is free, so you can just you can just register and uh, and get a new subdomain and uh, start playing around with it. Um, SMW.referata.com is a is a wiki that's hosted on there that I that I created, um, um, and you saw a map from there before. It basically is meant to hold information for the community. Um, so it, it, uh, probably the most valuable thing on there is a list of sites um, that use Semantic Media Wiki, so you can see for yourself. And that, uh, if you view it through the uh, drill-down interface, then you can see um, the attributes of different ones, which ones you use, which extensions, which ones are in which languages, and uh, stuff like that. So that's it. Let me stand in and call upon our third speaker, Daniel Hansch, uh, to present on uh, the Halo extension. Uh, th this is work funded by uh, the Vulcan people. I know Mark reads online as well. Mark, I'd like to say a few words before Daniel. Hi, this is Mark Greaves. Um, it's a pleasure to be back on the Agilog forum. Uh, I, uh, I hear some echo here. Probably there's somebody who needs to turn their, turn their phone on mute. Ah, very good. Okay. 
So, uh, so actually, looking over the, uh, the the people here, uh, there's a lot of my colleagues and friends and ex-colleagues there. So, uh, hello to all of y'all. Just, I want to just say a quick uh, couple of words before Daniel got into the the real work here. Daniel's team did all this work, and is, uh, I think, uh, I can be very proud of them. What Vulcan is doing is. Uh, we're operating as a research funder, kind of like the uh, European Commission Framework Programs or DARPA in the United States. Uh, and what we saw was Marcus and Denny's original work on the Semantic Media Wiki. And so it just had incredible potential, um, including commercial potential, research potential, and so forth. And we thought that in order to stimulate that work, um, there were a couple of things which uh, uh, would be really useful from a point of view of a non-academic community. Uh, so that was, uh, uh, there were some uh, usability uh, issues that we wanted to, to address, some uh, interoperability issues that we wanted to address, but we also wanted to fill in a lot of the things which uh, hackers, uh, which non-hackers uh, don't want to do. So, for example, we wanted to have really good documentation. We wanted to be able to take a lot of these uh, uh uh, extensions out there and sort of bring them into code bases, which we knew worked with each other. We not wanted to write installation packages so you didn't have to go in and hack a lot of the wiki or media wiki code to get the extensions to operate correctly. Uh, security, um, we had, uh, we were very interested in data quality. We essentially wanted to build packages that would, uh, that would not only be of academic interest but also be of commercial interest. And uh, I think we've uh, succeeded pretty well, and I want to turn it over to Daniel to uh, talk about this. Hi, Mark. Hi, everybody. Thank you very much for the kind introduction. How is the echo? Good. It's good. It's good. Okay, it's there. Good. Okay, so thank you very much for the, for the introduction. Um, I'm, I'm project, pro, uh, project manager at Enterprise GmbH in Karlsruhe, where I'm taking care of the product management and software development activities for the Vulcan-funded Project Halo. So Enterprise's part in Project Halo is to boost Semantic Media Wiki's usability and to leverage its business readiness. So in slide number two, um, so the, the combination of Media Wiki and Semantic Media Wiki he is a very nice tool for the ontologist. You can enrich wiki articles with explicit knowledge, such as relations and attributes, and thus build a readable knowledge base, which is processable using inline queries. So this is a very, very powerful tool, but it's hard to understand for the non-ontologist. So therefore, we can contract an enterprise to find innovative ways to allow casual users to take advantage of this powerful tool. The result of this ongoing effort is the Halo extension, and GPL license copy of uh, this extension can be downloaded for free from SourceForge and can, can be installed on top of MediaWiki and Semantic MediaWiki. This combination can be employed for a multitude of, of applications. This is very neat for nerds, but a nightmare for the regular sales guy. So typical customers are asking for a solution to a specific problem. They're asking for a specific application. So therefore, Enterprise takes MediaWiki, Semantic MediaWiki, the Halo extension, and other extensions, Semantic Forms, for example, combines it with uh, a predefined ontology and sticks it into a Windows installer. And voila, ready is Semantic MediaWiki Plus, the shrink-wrapped semantic application streamlined to support verb groups in the daily work. You can download Semantic MediaWiki Plus from Enterprise's webshop for short money and easy installed. 
So let's have a look at the heart piece of Semantic Media Wiki Plus, which is namely the Halo extension. So slide number three, please. So compared with other Semantic Wiki engines, Semantic Media Wiki is not very strong with regard to usability and, and interoperability with uh, third-party systems. So, Marcus, please correct me if I'm wrong, but um, Semantic Media Wiki is rather geared towards becoming the lean yet powerful semantic hard piece of Wikipedia. Now, thanks to Vulcan, Enterprise was given the chance to pursue the complementary target setting, namely extend Semantic Media Wiki such that it outpaces all other Semantic Wiki engines and to make it commercially successful Semantic Wiki product. So, let's see what we have done to beef Semantic Media Wiki up. Slide number four, please. We have we have detected some uh, weak spots in um, SMW and implemented new tools for um, easier uh, navigation in the wiki, for shielding users from the wiki syntax and annotating, improving accessibility of the semantic data which is stored in the wiki, for quality assurance of the knowledge base, and also tools for hooking up external data sources and improve, improving interplay with uh, third-party systems. So, gentlemen, fasten your seatbelts for Tour de Force through the most popular features of the Halo extension. So, slide number five, please. We have auto-completion on semantic data for all entry fields, including uh, also including uh, the wiki text editor. In slide number six, you see the ontology editor, which pre prevents users from getting lost in the knowledge base by allowing easy navigation through the category and relation tree, through the instances and even the property values. You see that at the right-hand side in the screen. This editor is a full-blown ontology editor to create, modify, and delete all ontological entities. So at slide number seven, You'll see um, our answer to a core problem of semantic, uh, semantic Media Wiki. So when annotating in SMW, you need to know the wiki syntax. And users can circumvent the error-prone handling with uh, nasty tags and brackets by annotating directly in the rendered wiki article, as it's displayed here in the screen. Simply mark a word with your mouse and the context menu pops up offering possible properties and categories for annotation. The wiki text is generated automatically in the background for you, so no mess with uh, terrible brackets. Um, let's skip slide number eight and move to the query interface on slide number nine, please. Once you've populated the wiki with data, you want to get it out somehow without learning the powerful but unintuitive ad syntax. The query interface, which is displayed here, um, is the graphical tool which generates inline queries for you. That's quite easy to use. Slide number 10. The next slide, the, the search results, uh, which are displayed here, um, shows an early version of a tool which combines uh, search results from the full text retrieval and the retrieval of semantic data. In this version, the wiki's uh, standard interface is augmented with an additional result list named Combined Search, right-hand side at the top, coming from the data store. 
So in the forthcoming version, we will combine we will combine um, both result lists intelligently and present it in a more appealing way than it is in, in the current version here. It's slide number number 11. We'll give an, an answer how to maintain the quality of your vast ontology sitting in the wiki. So just trigger our gardening bots and they'll find for you instance level and schema level inconsistencies. Articles without any semantic data and even instance data um, which has no schema level correspondence. So, and by the way, these inconsistencies are also indicated in the ontology editor with um, small icons. Um, slide number 12. Since the latest, since the latest version of the Halo extension, you can attach professional reasoning engines uh, to your wiki and enjoy the full power of Sparkle queries in it. A connector for Jenna, which is free of charge, gives you a head start into the world of reasoning. Um, additionally, a flexible framework attaches virtually any data source into your wiki. This is very helpful if you have a big taxonomy in Excel format, which you want to use as a kickstart for your ontology building process in SMW. Slide number 13. So some customers did, did ask us, can we use web services in the wiki? Yes, you can. A graphical tool allows attaching virtually any web service to SMW without programming knowledge. You can use this feature, for example, to plug in uh, Baxilla into your SMW for your uh, software development team. And finally, you can also reuse um, data sitting in the Mendic Media Wiki in your Excel client. Just install um, a free of charge add-on to, um, uh, to Microsoft Excel, put in an, an inline query, and uh, enjoy the results in your, in your sheet. Slide number 14, please. So um, the Halo extension offers a heap of useful features for the casual users. To make deployment a delight for admins, we are planning to break the Halo extension apart into a set of independent, smaller extensions which can be easily deployed. But we are even going one step further. We allow, or we want to allow anyone to wrap an ontology, forms, and documentation into modules which can be deployed by any user into any SMW installation. We are also listening carefully to our customers Therefore, we learned that access control on semantic data is a prerequisite of mid to big range commercial deployment. So we have that on our work list. Apart from uh, improving the web service connector and providing um, data API to allow third party applications to talk to SMW, we are attacking the front of accessing content and semantic data more intuitively. We are therefore implementing a decent retrieval interface, which really combines results from the context index and the data store. Slide number 15. So I hope with my short talk, I, I fired your, your interest. So then you should immediately take a look at SMW forum and dive into user manuals, discussion boards, and application studies and join in the community for commercial and production use of Semantic Media Wiki. I'll give you the URL. It's http 
smwforum.enterprise.com. Enjoy it. And allow me one additional note. We are setting up by um, early January a um, semantic welcome package for um, communities which are planning to become um, semantic, and we are giving them um, uh, installation support and ontology building support for free, for a certain limit, of course. So um, please have a look at SMW Forum, and you'll see then our postings and how the conditions of that program are going. So thank you very much. Yeah. Hi, can you hear me? Yeah. Now this time I unmuted. So thanks for the great talk. That was a packed session. <laughs> and now we can directly jump to the next speaker from Enterprise, Philip Saltenbach, presenting a rules prototype for Semantic Wiki. Philip, are you there? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, just uh, hello uh, together. Just to give a few words uh, concerning my person. I'm also working at Enterprise. Uh, I um, I work also in terms of product management and take care of uh, consulting for uh, Semantic Media Wiki, and I'm actually also uh, taking care of pre-sales. So what I will present today is the short uh, introduction uh, of our uh, prototype uh, that's called the SMW Simple Rules Prototype, and uh, slide two, please. And imagine, just to give a short use case, imagine you have a semantic uh, media wiki uh, that contains uh, information about genealogy. So imagine you have a big family, and you have family members, and the family member, for instance, uh, Tara, states on uh, her page, or on his page, that uh, he has uh, a son, Abraham. Now, the question is, uh, if Abraham has also stated on his page that he's the father of Terra, um, what we are trying to do is to uh, implement simple rules and uh, by doing that, allowing to deduce uh, the information that is missing. So what you actually do is um, you just state um, the direct uh, family relations. For instance, you state that you have a son or you have a father but what you're actually not doing is that your state um, has uncle relations or has aunt relations or relations like has stepfather. And what we're trying to do is by um, implementing simple rules that you actually can infer the missing information. Um, slide three, please. Okay, what, what do we mean by a simple rule? Um, the simple rules prototype uh, that's based on SMW allows you to derive categories and properties. For instance, you could uh, you can create uh, a category that's called uh, megacities. Um, you can describe that category by using a rule that says megacities are cities which have uh, inhabitants uh, more than a number of X. And what, what else can you state? Uh, you can do reasoning uh, with property characteristics. You can uh, state that a certain property is symmetric or that, is, that it is transitive, like the has ancestor relation, for instance, or that a certain property is inverse, 
like it is the case when you use the has father and um, has child relation, and we else uh, support uh, mathematical equations. Um, and to, to ease the use of our prototype, um, we will provide templates uh, that allows you uh, to, to define rules by using a graphical interface um, so that it's even applicable for non-expert users. Slide four, please. Okay, what are the objectives of, of our simple rules prototype? Uh, the objectives are uh, that uh, you should that you are able to define and reason with uh, rules in SMW. That uh, we establish a simple rule language. That uh, you can connect external rule engines. For instance, uh, you can connect our own rule engine. That's the Monto uh, broker. Um, but we also provide a third-party interface for connecting external triple stores or reasoners. Um, for instance, we support the uh, Jenner um, triple store currently. And we, we um, also provide support for Sparkle um, so that you can enhance uh, your, your queries. And uh, as I mentioned uh, before, um, you, can, you can use templates to graphically design and create your rules. Um, slide five, please. So what you see on this slide is uh, actually an example of the um, graphical user interface that allows you to easily uh, create a simple rule. So what you can see here is the has uncle rule. And you create that rule by chaining together the, uh, the property or relation has parent with the has brother relation. You just click that together and then you can easily state the has uncle relation um, as, the, as the resource. Uh, slide six, please. This is an example for uh, describing a category. Actually, this is quite similar, similar to the concept feature in SMW, um, where you can dynamically um, create categories. Uh, here we have a category that's called flirting, flirting 18 year old boys. And you describe that uh, by, um, you, you must be a boy and you have to have the age with a value of 18. And uh, you have uh, you have to have a relation flirt with, and so you can again click together uh, by using GUI this uh, this uh, category. Slide seven, please. Um, I mentioned before that you can also um, create um, uh, calculation rules or equations. Uh, this is just a sample where you can. Um, create a, a rule or an equation um, about the gravitational force. Um, so you have to use um, the property uh, called half mass, and then you multiply it with uh, the G constant, and then you get the gravitational force as the result. Slide eight, please. Okay, here you can uh, see the the relations and. You can see at the bottom the yellow bulb, and all the uh, bulbs indicate the inferred 
relations. And if you click on that bar, you even get a nice explanation uh, why this uh, why this relation was inferred. So you can see at the bottom um, uh, natural language text explanation why um, there is the relation has Uncle Joe. Slide uh, next slide, please. Okay, just to give a short uh, summary. Um, what are the differences uh, or how the simple roots prototype enhances SMW? Um, we will provide uh, special support for uh, stating domain and range uh, constraints for properties. For instance, you can state that uh, has mother, has the domain, has person or person. Um, you can state uh, inverse properties like has parent and has child. You can state uh, transitive properties like has ancestor. You can describe symmetric proper properties like has sibling. And you can create more complex rules like the has uncle rule. And uh, yeah, as I mentioned before, we also provide support for uh, Sparkle queries. And yeah, just uh, what the, the uh, just to summarize, the big plus of the simple rules ex extension is to allow you to infer uh, missing information that is stored implicit in your wiki and by connecting a rules engine you can you can uh, you can show the, the missing information just by using simple rules yeah uh, one side remark from myself um, I was planning to have or we, we, we have um, a technical prototype of that extension online. But um, I'm uh, hesitating right now to disclose the, the URL of it um, because the actual contents are still a bit rough. So um, please um, go within the next next days on SMW forum, and we'll have there uh, a pointer to the um, to the to the wiki which is ruled enabled. Right. This is Mark Greaves from Vulcan again, and uh, yeah, we're we're incredibly excited about this. Just because, as it turns out, a lot of these properties, like inverse properties and whatnot, are much easier easier to express uh, using the simple rules prototype that we have. It really makes the wiki a lot more usable in the kinds of applications that we've seen in there. Adding Sparkle is great too. So uh, the team did a good job. We didn't quite get it for this, but uh, but really in two days or three days. You know, Then I guess we can move on to the next talk. And you probably all, when you came to the session page or have used the Ontolog Wiki before, have wondered about these these hash keys in brackets that look like purple. And right now we will learn what these purple numbers are, why they are helpful, and uh, why and where we will see more of them in the future. So, Peter, I guess you will present on this. Actually, I will do it along with Ken Buklowski. Let's make sure he's online too. Ken? Still here. All right. Okay. Let me bring up the slides. Hi, everyone. Uh, this is Peter Yim and Ken Buklowski. Uh, and uh, we have been uh, teamed up for the last year and a half uh, to, pr pr uh, to put together this PMWX, the purple... Media Wiki extension, which is an extension that is compatible with uh, both Media Wiki and Semantic Media Wiki. Uh, 
and if going to slide number two. And for those who are on the uh, email list, you probably would have noticed that we uh, released this software into beta two days ago. Uh, the, the date was December 9th, and the software is released as uh, free and open source software under the GNU GPL V2 license. Uh, and uh, there are a couple of links on this page. Going to slide number three, the reason why we picked that date is because purple numbers actually have their roots in the NLS system, which incidentally was commemorated for its 40th anniversary two days ago uh, at Stanford. I, I was there with like 1,100 other people to celebrate uh, Dr. Duck Engelbart and his original team from the Stanford Research Institute who actually gave us uh, a lot of the things that we take for granted these days, uh, remote uh, the distributed collaboration, the mouse, hypertext, uh, outline processing, video conferencing, and so on. It was just wonderful. So moving on to slide number four, uh, I'll go to talk a little bit about the history. Back in 1968, December 9th, uh, Duck actually made a demo. And for those who are aware of it, I mean, it's generally been called the mother of all demos because at that day, he he and his lab awed the world with everything we, we are taking for granted today. So uh, quickly stepping forward, in the mid-90s, uh, the duck and his lab created, uh, coined this uh, notion called precision browsing in terms of pointing people directly to the inside of the content in an HTML, HTML page. Of course, they were able to do it on online system decades ago. And there were statement numbers. And Christina Engelbart, who was then, her, her, uh, there at the Bootstrap Institute, put put the color purple on those numbers, and they were since then known as purple numbers. In the year 2000, when I was at the Bootstrap Institute, uh, an associate, Frode Hacklin, uh, said, maybe we'll, we can make these links active, and we did. And uh, double numbers become the way they are now. And, of course, since then, other related work like X-Link, X-Pointers, X-Path, uh, purple, uh, the software called Purple by Eugene Kim, Plank, uh, Purple Slurple, uh, Purple Wiki, uh, Purple Numbering on Blocks, Hyperscope, Purple Includes. I mean, there are a whole bunch of implementations. So that's a little bit of history. I'll pass on to Ken to tell you what we did. Ken. Hi. Um, if you go to slide uh, five now, You'll see um, we started a project um, done by a team of graduate students here at Northeastern University um, to um, implement uh, purple numbers on uh, MediaWiki, thereby producing a purple MediaWiki. Um, on slide five, you can see the basic 
project mission that we set out to do back in uh, 2007. And the, um, the project actually came out of uh, an earlier work where we were just doing uh, extensions of purple numbers on, uh, on another wiki, but we realized that you know, MediaWiki was extremely important, and by uh, uh, integrating this concept with uh, MediaWiki would be uh, far more, uh, would reach a much larger audience. And uh, we set out a number of issues that we wanted to, a uh, number of features we wanted to include in the uh, in our implementation of purple numbers. Um, moving on to slide number six, uh, let me uh, talk a little bit about the use of purple numbers. You've seen these purple numbers in the uh, wiki for the uh, uh, the CIM3 wiki that we use for meetings. Uh, The idea is that we want to have anchors within the text that give allow one to give precise communication about the location of information within one page. Um, It allows one to bookmark not just the whole page, but one particular item within the page, one paragraph. in addition, you can copy and paste purple numbers, and so you, you can put them into other pages. But more importantly, you can do context-preserving context transclusion. By, by that, I mean you can take text within one page, put it into another page, and it will still retain its kind of original origin. So if it's edited, for example, on the original page, it will change on the new page as well. Uh, so that's, that's the idea of transclusion. So it's really just one piece of text, not just copied and pasted, where after you start editing, it ceases to have any connection. Um, another aspect of it is that when you, when you link to one of these purple numbers, you go directly to that link. You see it at the top of your page. Um, so you see it has a number of very nice uses. Uh, real-time precise content location. If you want to find something on a page, you can just tell people, go to purple number and then get the purple number, and they will, uh, they'll be able to get right at it. We use that a lot in our own meetings, um, and it, it's used here at the, uh, forum as well. Um, moving to the next page, uh, we, going to page number seven, the current implementation uh, implements what we call hierarchical identifiers, and it also has uh, transclusion. All of these are on the are done on the server side using PHP. Um, we also have view spec that is you can turn on and off the, the uh, purple numbers, and this happens on the client side. Um, the MediaWiki hook that we use is output page before HTML, for those who know how to implement uh, the uh, extensions of a MediaWiki. It's, uh, it's done via hooks, and this is a particular hook that we use. Um, going to page number eight, uh, this is just going over the features of the current release. The HIDs, or hierarchical identifiers, can be placed in paragraphs, bullet points, headers, tables and media objects such as images, 
the view spec I already mentioned. Uh, we can transclude HID, so these are hierarchical. That means that you can transclude, um, you know, a, an individual paragraph or a section that includes several paragraphs. It, because it's hierarchical, you can transclude a variable amount of material from one page to another using a single transclusion. You can also transclude uh, table of contents, ent contents entries, and uh, these targets can be the current version, or you can specify a specific version. These are called permanent links. There's a permanent, li permanent link uh, uh, on each page of, of MediaWiki that you can use to um, get a permanent link to that page. Um, the next slide, page, slide nine, shows uh, the uh, what happens when you use purple numbers on Semantic Media Wiki. So here's uh, illustrated this here with a mock-up of a page that talks about the College of Computer Science where I work, and uh, you can see the um, highlighted information there that represents the. Uh, semantic information. The, the facts about the C, about this college are shown in the fact box at the bottom. Uh, and uh, what we have right now, the the, uh, the only difficulty with these is that all of these links are just to the whole page, not to the individual purple numbers. So we're still working on getting it um, so that it's actually purple number specific. But you can certainly use it right now uh, with Semantic uh, Media Wiki, and the two are completely compatible. Going to page 10, here's an example of how you do transclusion. Uh, the transclusion syntax basically just takes the link, um, puts it in a pair of uh, T tags. You put it in a pair of T tags in the Edit it when you're editing a page, and you then have the transcluded text marked with a little purple T. Um, moving to page 11, uh, just leaves the uh, acknowledgments for the uh, uh, team who put this together and released it uh, on Tuesday. Thank you. Peter? Yep. Okay. So... Uh, that's a short form of the presentation, so we look forward to people downloading the beta, test it out, and let us know how it works. But it does open up possibilities of improved navigation, communication, reference, search, semantics, and knowledge support. Uh, it puts fine-grained addressability to wiki contents, and of course, if they have this extension, they don't yet. Uh, everyone in the world can get to every paragraph, every bullet point, every image uh, on Wikipedia in five minutes. That's how powerful this, this extension could be. Uh, PMWX is in production now, and it complements all the other good work being described today. So look forward to your feedback. So back to Max. Yeah, great. That was a great new way to avoid redundancy, which was also one of the core reasons for this SMW creation, to avoid redundancy of all these lists on MediaWiki. 
on Wikipedia. And now we see another way to create maybe nice overview pages without having to copy and paste and maintain the text. So thanks. And our next and last full talk is, uh, is from G. Bao on concept modeling on Semantic Media Wiki. G, are you in the line? Yep, I'm on. All right, your slides are up and you can start. All right. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, I'm Jay Bao. I'm a postdoc researcher at RPI, Lensley Polytechnic Institute at uh, New York, Troy, New York, United States. Um, this work is the joint work with leading, topic leading, and uh, uh, Jenning Shangwei, another uh, PhD student here. Um, basically, can we go to slide two? Right. Basically, the, the main idea of this work is to extend semantic media wiki to support some um, features that are not covered by the, the, the course semantic media wiki. Um, the semantic wiki currently supports uh, some of the RDF modeling features uh, and a little bit uh, of all features, as Marcus has said, or Yale, uh, but it does not support uh, complete modeling of all knowledge and other knowledges like rule modeling or relational modeling. Uh, so in, in this work, we used uh, a template-based a, a template approach to do meta-modeling of those uh, features that beyond the RDF. Uh, we extend semantic media wiki to support all modeling, some simple rule modeling. Uh, we use a different approach than uh, the enterprise approach. Uh, and integrated constraints. Let's go to three. Uh, those extensions are based on um, some other extensions uh, for media wiki, not only for semantic media wiki. I guess most of you have already uh, see this, and particular in particular the hello extension and the uh, uh, SW. Uh, Semantic Media Wiki Plus has already shipped with those extensions. Uh, so the parser functions provide very very important functions. If then else conditions turn out to be very expressive, and regular expressions, strength functions allow us uh, to do strain transformations. And it can also be used in uh, to, to to offer some reasoning capacity. And the variables allows us to construct uh, rather complex queries and sentences and inference rules. Uh, last uh, is set operations. It's our own question, but we haven't released it. We will do it soon. It allows us to do set operations between sets like difference. Uh, union and intersection. Let's go next. So first, let, let, let us go, uh, look at all modeling. Um, the basic idea is to, is to extend the semantic media wiki to support both uh, all vocabularies and all uh, ontology constructs, like axioms in wiki pages. Uh, so the solution follows a template-based approach. Uh, instead of 
using direct extension to submit a media wiki in the call at the PHP level. Uh, we use uh, semantic templates uh, to maintain and store ontology descriptions. I will give an example in the next slide. In particular, those uh, templates has two advantages. One is it has direct correspondence to all abstract syntax. So a parser between all syntax and uh, the semantic media wiki meta modeling uh, is rather direct. Second, it has direct correspondence to semantic forms, uh, Yaron forms. Uh, so it will make it once we have this meta model, we immediately have a very simple all editor on the media media wiki. Let's go next. So this page shows um, an example of modeling of a concept, Rabbit. Um, we only show a, a select subset of the, the templates we used. Uh, on the first, you can see there's a class template. It gives some um, basic information about the class. Like if the definition, which actually, if you're familiar with all uh, abstract syntax, it asks if it's a subset uh, definition or uh, equivalent class definition. So there's some other uh, meta information that we used um, by Control natural language interface and ontology repository extension that's based on this all meta modeling, but we will not cover them in detail today. Um, the second template class relation gives says this class is a subclass of animals. Uh, alternatively, we can say it's an equivalent class complete of or is disjoint with. And the, the next template. Uh, captures some of the value from it says rabbit eat some value from fresh variable. So in this way we can cover pretty much uh, all the all features, uh, but with some limitations certainly. Let's go back. Uh, go next. So based on this all model. Since those templates, uh, templates has uh, uh, associated with semantic annotation uh, generation. So once we have those uh, meta models, we can immediately query about that. Uh, we use this advantage to design a controlled natural language interface. This is a, a rabbit. A rabbit is a controlled natural like English syntax. Uh, representation of the category rabbit patch. So say every rabbit is a kind of animal and no rabbit is a dog. So so, so first which is expected to be more understandable by common users. And other language we have uh, working on a uh, rabbit Chinese version we call it Yayan and S is another English controlled English for all. So let's go next. Uh, another concept of modeling scenario we have been exploring is rule modeling. Um, this is quite actually a simple, simple rule modeling scenario. Uh, it does not require any uh, external 
access to a rule engine or external reasoner uh, is completely uh, built in with semantic media wiki features. So it's template based. Each rule is uh, modeled as a as a template. Um, it has basically each tool has two parts. One part is a semantic query that is, that read information on a page. The second part is a generation based on the conditions and information on that on that page. It construct new semantic annotation. So in this way, we can do a very simple rule modeling. It's, this page shows an example of a uh, semantic rule domain, which is RDF domain inference. Uh, it says if a page has an author, then that page is a document. So let's go next. Yes, we are on uh, eight, page eight. So using this scenario, uh, we can certainly extend to um, kind of more complete rules that covers RDF or even all, like all RL. Um, but the, another interesting extension is to use the rule modeling uh, design pattern to support a logic program. Uh, logic program, uh, the one feature in logic program is that it has negation as a filler. Uh, so it says if something is not in the wiki, then it's it's, it's not true. Uh, we give some examples here. Like the first rule says every student is a person, and the second rule says if a person if we does not say it is left-handed, then assume it's right-handed. So it's a it's a default rule. The third rule says if person has no assessor, then it's not hireable. And all this rule can be uh, encoded by semantic template. We call, uh, the one we use is a template LP rule. Uh, the translation is rather direct. And behind this rule, there, um, there, the semantic um, semantic queries and a rule inference, a simple rule inference that we show in previous page. So let's go next. We are on page nine. Uh, one special case of rule inference is integrated constraint checking. Uh, an integrated constraint is a special rule with empty heads. For example, we, we, we have two examples. Uh, every person should have a name. It's written as a rule. The person, if has no uh, name, not has name, then we conclude that empty, which, which is false. So the second is a person who is not a child should have an SSM member. And we have two negations here. Uh, can I go, go next? We're on page 10. And this shows a concrete example of a rule uh, as a, an instance that applies this rule. Uh, the template rule SSN uh, requires a person who is no child should have an SSM member. And it it does two things. If it used an instance page, like person three we showed here, it it does uh, integrity checking, which is it checking whether this instance uh, violates this rule. And on the 
on the pad, on the root pad itself, it travels all pads that apply and violate this rule. So we can say on the pad, on the pad person three, the application of this rule quite simple. We just call the template and we call the rule set person which contains the SSN rule and the name rule. And on the page, on the on page three, uh, if you look at the fact box, you can find, um, we, by using semantic templates, we record which rules have been applied on this page and which rules have been violated. This violation information is in, automatically inferred. Right? So let's go the final last slide. So conclusions, uh, we have seen uh, by com combining semantic media wicket several other extensions, uh, we can do meta modeling that beyond RDF. Uh, this this not really an extension, rather we call it design patterns. The all design patterns, rule design patterns, and those uh, design patterns based on using meta models, which. Uh, by using ask queries, we can query about meta data in those models. And a simple inference can also be enabled using if then parser functions. And this uh, approach is simple, uh, is open everybody because everything is just wiki page. Inference rule is wiki page, um, instance wiki page, ontology is wiki page, so everything is editable. And it's on the pay-as-you-go basis. So if you want uh, complete rules or very complicated rules, you need to, you expect lower uh, performance, but you can selectively enable or disable the application rules on the by page basis. So this is a way to control the cost of the application. Um, we have seen all all modeling, rule modeling, integrity constraint checking, and certainly it's not all the possibilities. Uh, there are many other things like relational modeling, object modeling can also be enabled by this approach. That's all. Thank you. Any question? Okay. Hi. So now we had uh, a huge number of PEG talks. Um, Maybe it's the easiest to, because we have only one lightning talk, to postpone the questions even one talk further until we heard Peter Hase present his talk and then have one joint round of questions. But before that, I would like to make one short announcement. Um, we just got the notification that we will have a semantic wiki workshop at the European Semantic Web Conference next year. And you find all details about this at semwiki.org where you also find links to the Semantic Wiki community mailing list, which you should, should subscribe if you're interested in Semantic Wikis in general. Okay, one Peter, are you in the line? Uh, one request, Max, could, could you also type that into the chat session? That way it will go into the proceedings with the link. Yes, I'll do while the next talk runs. Peter Hase, are you online? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? Uh, yes, the voice is not perfect, but we can hear you. Okay. Okay, so my slides are coming up. Okay. 
Yeah, so I would uh, like to briefly present uh, an extension to Semantic Media Wiki that uh, enables semantic search within Semantic Media Wiki. And this extension is called uh, Ask the Wiki and was developed together with uh, Daniel Herzig and a couple of other people at the University of Karlsruhe. So uh, let's go to page two. Uh, so I'm getting a message that my voice is still not good. I'm trying to increase this. Uh, okay. Let's go to page two, which is actually the only content slide that I want to show. And then I want to walk you through a small example. So uh, the goal of our search system um, is to enable expressive queries over the structured data in Semantic Media Wiki, but uh, in a way that is really end-user oriented, which means that we don't want the end-user to have uh, to use the syntax of a common query language, and we don't want the user to know the schema and the structure of the data in the wiki. So Markus previously uh, talked about the inline queries. This is certainly one way to ask uh, rather expressive queries, but it's certainly not for, for end users uh, to search in the wiki. So what we offer here is structured querying uh, with Sparkle queries internally, but with an interface that is based on keyword search and facetted search. So the search process is a little bit different from what you know from other search systems, and I briefly uh, want to explain how this process works. So the first step is uh, quite standard. The user expresses uh, his information need, and he does that in terms of keywords. The second step is called query interpretation, and what we do here is a translation of the keyword queries into structured conjunctive queries in Sparkle. This is, of course, the most interesting step, but uh, as this is only a three-minute lightning talk, uh, I cannot explain in detail how this is done, but if you're interested, I can point you to the relevant publications. Just very briefly, what we do here is uh, we look at the data in the wiki as a graph structure and apply uh, keyword matching and graph exploration techniques in order to identify subgraphs, which are then turned into Sparkle queries. In general case, this translation can result in different conjunctive queries, which you can think of as uh, different interpretations of the information need of the user. These different interpretations are then presented to the user in a graphical way, and the user can then select the interpretation that best matches uh, his information need. The selected query is then evaluated using a standard triple star, and finally, in the third step, the results are presented to the user. So as a result, we really have uh, structured answers, uh, which are tuple sets in the general case. Additionally, the user then has the option to uh, refine the queries using facetted search. So to make this uh, a little bit more concrete and to give you an idea of the expressiveness of this approach, uh, I would like to give you some examples of certain types of queries that uh, the users might ask. The first type are just uh, simple searches for uh, entities that correspond to individual pages. So, for example, if you want to find the page describing Rudi Studer, you would just type Rudi Studer as keyword, and uh, you would get the page as a result. Now, this is nothing special yet. More interesting uh, are queries where you search for text as results. So, for example, if you want to find the uh, capital of Germany, you would simply find uh, type capital Germany and you would get the results. Uh, now, here the results don't correspond to a page, but rather to a text that is stated somewhere on a page. And in the most general case, you can search for sets of tuples, where the results uh, actually come from texts that are or may be distributed uh, over many uh, different pages. So, to give an example, uh, let's say you're doing uh, uh, you're planning your next content. Uh, trips and you're thinking about ways you should submit your research papers, 
you always wanted to go to Greece, then your information needs maybe that you want to find um, conferences in Greece uh, together with the submission deadlines. Right? I will come back to this example in a second and uh, show you how this looks in practice. Um, now, you can try uh, ask the wiki system live. Um, one of the wikis where we have deployed it is uh, semanticweb.org, and you see the URL uh, of the system at the bottom of the slide. So um, uh, instead of a live demo, I will now uh, show some screenshots that show you the individual steps of the search process. So if you go to slide three now, slide three, um, then you see the simple keyword interface of uh, Ask the Wiki, where the user has entered the keywords, uh, conferences, squeeze, and deadline. Huh? Uh, so if the user now clicks on wiki search, you will get to uh, the next page, which is uh, slide four. Uh, so on the next slide, you see the possible interpretations of, uh, this, of this keyword query in terms of uh, structured conjunctive queries. Okay, um, so let me briefly explain the first query. Uh, the way that you would read this query is that uh, you're looking for a content, and uh, this content is restricted to have as a location country Greece. So in this interpretation, Greece was found as a country uh, in the Eurozone. Yeah? And additionally, uh, you're interested uh, in the abstract submission deadline. So in this interpretation, the keyword deadline has to map to the property abstract deadline. Yeah? So you can easily imagine uh, how the query would look like uh, in Sparkle syntax, but we don't show uh, the Sparkle syntax to the user. Uh, what you also see in addition is uh, snippets of the results for the individual queries, and this may help the user in selecting the right, the right interpretation. So the user would now uh, correct the interpretation that best matches uh, his information needs, for example, the first one. And then on the next slide, on slide five, you would see the actual results. So for example, as one result, you see... Um, <clears throat> For example, uh, the European Semantic Web Conference 2009 taking place in, Green, in Greece, and the abstract deadline was last week. And then on addition, on the right side, uh, you see a passage menu that allows you to add and remove predicates to the query. Yeah? You do that using passage. So in this case, uh, the user uh, has added a submission deadline as an additional predicate to the query. Yeah? So this is the uh, kind of interaction that you have uh, with the system. Uh, I invite you to use it, and uh, yeah, I would like to stop here and uh, thank you for the attention. Yeah, thanks for the talk, and thanks also for keeping in time. Um, now we come to our question round, and um, yeah, maybe Peter, you can do this question round. You can mute and unmute. Okay, let me go... Uh, to repeat the pr process first. Uh, let's get everyone to queue up now. Uh, what you need to do uh, is, if you're not already on the chat board, please join the chat board. Uh, you can do so from, by clicking on the chat link. And I, I believe Max has also put a link at the top of our session page that would uh, help you get there fairly quickly. But essentially, if you're already on the chat board, then there's a hand button on the lower right corner. Press that now if you would like to make a remark. Uh, so, uh, for example, I just put my hands up, 
and you can see, I mean, there's Chris Mitchell and Peter Yim's hand. Uh, if you want to lower your hand, just uh, press this, uh, the hand button again. All right, and when you're recognized to speak, uh, which Max will do, I hope, uh, would recognize everyone in turn, then you need to do a press a star three on your phone to unmute so that we can hear you on the phone. Start by uh, testing to make sure everybody can hear you, uh, get an acknowledgement either from Max or myself. And then uh, since we did not have the chance uh, for everyone to do a self-introduction at the beginning uh, due to the huge crowd, uh, please start by at least announcing your name and your, your organization that you come from. Uh, we have a huge crowd today. Actually, at one point, we had more than, than 50 people on the phone. So, uh, all right, uh, please press this, the hand button now. Even if you have asked the question on the chat board and it's still useful to uh, put up your hand and, and make a verbal remark because that goes into the uh, recording that will end up in the podcast as well as in the audio archive of the session. Hey. So, uh, Max, you want to call upon uh, Chris, maybe? Uh, Chris Mitchell? Okay, Chris, uh, state your question. Uh, no, maybe we, we can... Uh, I, I will read... Chris's question now. It's a question for Yaron, and it says, uh, for the semantic forms, what scripting language is used for developing the form template via the editing form event example? Uh, maybe Groovy, Velocity, or simple wiki syntax? Yaron? Uh, yeah, hi, can you hear me? Yes. Yep. Um, it's its own uh, syntax. Uh, it's, it's extremely simple. It's got, um, well, it's actually it's not that simple anymore, but um, um, it's, it's, it's got a, a few high-level commands, and, and that's basically it. Yeah. I hope that answers Chris's question. Uh, Chris, you can lower your hand by pressing on the... Uh, the hand button one more time. Okay, Peter, do you have a question or was that? I actually have an answer. I I, I was queried by uh, Yaron on uh, what what is the difference between uh, PMW and PSMW. Essentially, PMW is an extension uh, installed on MediaWiki uh, to to add purple numbers. So. The wiki is just a plain vanilla media wiki install, then PMWX makes it, I mean, PM, uh, purple media wiki is just a label, makes it into a purple wiki. If the wiki platform is a semantic media wiki platform, uh, we have actually made tests to make sure the PMWX is compatible with FMW, uh, the FMW extensions. Uh, we have not done other tests 
uh, in terms of compatibility with other extensions. So we don't know, but hopefully uh, we will move on and try to uh, test one after the other uh, on uh, on making sure that it's compatible. We definitely look forward to other developers of the extensions to test along with us and give us feedback uh, if they find that the uh, compatibility, if they have compatibility issues. Generally, I believe uh, putting HIDs in there is, is probably a no-brainer, but transclusions could be challenging. So uh, we'll look forward to hearing from you. Uh, anything to add, Ken, maybe? If Ken is still online. Yeah, let me uh, talk a little bit about it. The Purple Media Wiki and uh, Somatic Media Wiki are compatible in that you can, you can install them both and you have full, both capabilities for both. But it, there, there are possibilities for making them you know, more strongly integrated. Uh, in a particular, you... You can, in principle now, have um, RDF statements where the um, the subject is now uh, now has much finer granularity than a whole page. Um, this this leads to a number of possible you know improvements in uh, querying and reasoning, where um, you're, you know you can now be much more precise in your queries and more precise. In in your rules, the um, this becomes particularly interesting in, in areas such as transclusion, where when you transclude, you don't want to transclude all of the facts on the page. You just want to transclude those facts that are in the transcluded part. So there are a number of interesting issues that this raises, and uh, I can't say that we fully support all of them right now, but you know we're definitely. Um, moving toward this kind of uh, integration with Semantic Media Wiki. Um, the, um, I might add that, I mean, to a large extent, we don't want these these aspects to interfere with the use of Semantic Media Wiki. Uh, they should be as transparent as possible. So we don't want, we don't want to make the user interface look significantly different. Does that help? Peter? Uh, not really, no. This is your own. Your own? Yes. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, well, what does uh, what does transclusion have to do with uh, semantics? Well, when you transclude, um, it, it kind of looks like a copy-paste, copy right? You're transcluding a portion of another page. That other page has facts on it. Um, you know, the, the facts that um, you can see in the fact box. And when you transclude, what facts are you now transcluding? What, what facts are, you, are now on that other page as well? Um, are they all the facts in the previous page, or are they just facts that are in that part that was transcluded? Okay, so it, maybe, maybe I can add here, it's, I mean, from a... Uh, the semantic point of view, let's say a paragraph within an article has a sort of uh, part of relationship. Of course, I mean, in Wikipedia, the, the main concern is to have one page title for, let's call it a concept for now, for now. I mean, for, for one concept or for one 
one thing. Uh, but not all all uh, objects on the wiki is that way. I mean, for example, think of a collection of papers. Uh, papers. Not all papers are about just one thing, one idea. I mean, uh, you, you can have a research paper that talks about five different ideas. So, uh, and, and of course, within, uh, within an article, the, the, the different paragraphs will have their own semantics, but there's also the, the relationship that, that, that it is part of the, the entire article. So, uh, once you get into finer grain, you have to carry those uh, relationships along as well. Yes, like a, a, rep, a, a reference to a, a book, a large book, isn't very useful. I mean, it, you know, if you just say it's in this book, um, it's much better if you say, well, it's in this section of this uh, of this chapter in the book. Sure, that's, that's what the purple numbers are for. Right, that's what the purple numbers are for. But then when we start actually putting these into a semantic concept, we discover that you know, there are all sorts of issues about exactly what, you know, what facts get carried along when you when you do uh, a transclusion. Um, you know, exactly what facts, you know, are the facts um, also carried uh, by the uh, purple numbers, or is it just the page? Um, when you do queries, you know, what happens. So there, there, there are a number of issues that certainly come up, and I, I can't say that we solved all of them yet by any means. All right, well, thanks. Okay. Okay, then the next in the question queue is uh, if Peter... Peter, are you done with your... Ah, yeah. So next is myself. And I also had a remark to the purple numbers. I think if you combine the purple numbers idea with semantics, you run into a number of interesting issues. For example, if you have, let's say, a page about Africa, which contains sections about history, politics, and geography, and now you take one paragraph from the history section and annotate that one. If you could put that as the subject of the statement, then then what does that mean if you say this history section um, has quality gold? How does that apply to the whole Africa concept? Um, what's the relation between this history and Africa? So so the the simple idea of the current semantic media wiki, where one page can only talk about one single concept, which is the title makes it makes it very easy, but also, of course, limits expressivity. Very often users said, ah, if I want to enter, like, uh, 20 digital cameras and all their features, I have to create 20 pages. Ah, oh, that's boring. I want to have them all on one page. Um, so I guess with this problem number extension, we will move to higher granularity, but also to to new very interesting issues. So that was more <laughs> remark. And then a question. And now I fall back to my role as a moderator. An anonymous person has a question. Mrs. Miss or Mr. Anonymous, um, if you can go to the settings and choose a name for yourself in the chat, then we know who you are. And if you just press star three, we can listen to your question. 
So we cannot hear you yet? No. Actually, if, if, if you put up your hand and type your name on the chat board, then at least we know who you are. No? Then I would suggest to move on to Markus Kreutsch for the next question. Yeah, hi, this is really a follow-up to what you just said, Max, um, regarding this finer granularity. To some extent, of course, we have always been considering these issues. Should we have more fine-grained accessibility of semantic subjects and this thing? Uh, and in a way, this is already available in MediaWiki because in MediaWiki you can address every section and every subsection of each article. So, I don't think that the issue is a new one, really, now that we have purple numbers. So, uh, purple numbers are, of course, again, another level of, of more fine-grained addressability, but the basic questions of how to deal with this uh, subject on a single wiki page remains. And uh, as a developer, I'd say that it is technically possible to uh, do that, to have... Uh, annotations or properties referring to a particular subsection or to a particular sub uh, part of the article that they are stated in. But I am concerned that this introduces a behavior that many people are not really prepared for because currently if you add data to a page, uh, it's, it doesn't matter where you add it. It's, it's belonging to the page. And also the semantic forms, for example, just put the data they enter on the top of the page. There's no easy way to, to move them or to have many forms filled on in, in one page, uh, unless data belongs to one form anyway. So many concepts that are currently around there for editing and working with semantic media with the are, um, are based on the assumption that it doesn't matter where the data is. And now if you combine this with this fine-grained addressability, I am not quite sure whether this would be generally welcomed. So I guess some people would, would be surprised by this behavior. If you say that if you do an annotation in a subsection, for example, it belongs to the subsection instead of to the whole article. I think this can be confusing. But uh, this is just my concern, and there are some technical things which I'm not quite sure about either. But these are the two main reasons, I think, why we don't do that at the moment. Right. All from my side. Hi, can I can I respond to that? This is Ken Kevaslowski. Yep, I I fully agree with you. you. I mean, one of the intentions is to make sure that it doesn't surprise the user. So uh, the the idea would be that the facts still are are you know on a, a fully at the page level, but that. You can you can drill down to you know smaller you know lower granularity if that is something you intend to do and it actually has to be something you fully intend to do and there must be some way of making sure that you do this intentionally and not by accident so that's clearly the user interface has to be set up so that you know nothing nothing surprising happens so I, I fully agree with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I'm open to suggestions on how to really do that in a way that leaves syntax sufficiently simple for people to work with it. Right. And we definitely look forward to uh, collaboration. 
and I did once uh, mention to Denny when he was in California too. Okay, back to Max. And who was just speaking? Sorry. Yeah, this is Peter Yim. Ah, okay. So, Marcus, do you have another question or remark? Your hand is still up. Okay, I didn't know I have to take it down myself. Uh, okay. Do I do that? Okay. Yes, fine. Then, uh, Syama Chahuri, are you in the call and can hear us? Are you online? Star three, please. Hello? Yes. You, you know, I have a, I have a question. Can I describe the question now? Yeah. Uh, you know, I have a question. Say, for example, you know, there are three different platforms, geographically separated, and each containing heterogeneous uh, information uh, systems or sources, and uh, each one is giving uh, different. Uh, 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 probabilistic uh, information. So is uh, or are, you know, semantic wiki key or probabilistic ontologies applicable to handle this kind of situation in order to make a consistent uh, uh, and confident uh, 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 decisions uh, about uh, this scenario uh, for which uh, these platforms have been engaged? So this is my question. To whom is that question? Uh, to anybody, you know. Or one of the speakers uh, uh, that presented uh, some presentations today. Uh, Marcos, I just saw your hand going up. Is that a response? Yeah, I think I'm, I can... If anyone can respond, then I can as well be that person, I guess. Um, well, you mentioned probabilistic information. So at the moment, there is no probabilistic information involved in any of the semantic extensions we saw today. So this is kind of a limitation. So there is no no probabilistic or possibilistic or uh, partly in any other sense uh, information in semantic wikis right now. So when you enter data, it is entered with 100% certainty. And uh, this is the current situation. Now, if you talk about data integration between different websites, uh, there are browsers for that. You have the exports from each of the sites, so you can try to combine those. And I think extensions like the one that Peter showed at the end, the search extension, could well deal with um, data from many different distributed sites as well. But I can't tell you much about probability because that's not something we do at the moment at all. Okay, thank you. All right. Uh, then we have more anonymous people queuing up. So whoever just raised his hand. Press star three and announce yourself and your question, please.
maybe that was not a question. I see the clock and we have only have about two minutes left in the session. I have a question, Peter. Max is running the show, but... Uh, oh, okay. Max? Who's talking? And this is Dr. Ravi Sharma. Ah, I yeah. was on the line. Um, my question is to uh, uh, Peter Haas, and it's uh, related to the facets. Uh, in your last slide, you have some facets uh, displayed. Are these pre-canned queries, or these are predefined relationship searches? Uh, yes, most of this is uh, pre-computed, uh, but uh, the thing is that uh, we only try to show the uh, facets that really are applicable uh, for this particular query. Huh? So basically, so, also look at the data. So you are aware of what facets are applicable, and you pull it from a pre-canned set of uh, semantic queries. Yeah. Or is what it the, a each one being a subset? Yeah. Uh, so what we exploit is uh, the schema information that we have available, uh, either uh, that, uh, that is explicitly defined uh, within uh, the wiki already, in the property definitions, for example, uh, but we also uh, try to, uh, well, to learn or uh, yeah, construct the schema using uh, summarization techniques, and that is exploited then. And in, in, in addition, we also check which uh, facets are actually applicable. And uh, sequel to that, in your tuples uh, search, uh, are you doing um, triples uh, in sequences or combinations to get to tuples, or how? Uh, I don't quite understand the question. Well, when you do a triple store search through Sparkle, yeah. Yeah. that process is known to something similar to database query, similar to query language. Yes. But in tuples, yeah. when you search for tuples, what are you using to get the semantic meaning of conference Greece deadline, for example? Uh, well, with, um, what I mean with tuples is really the result tuples. Right? So you can, uh, in uh, conjunctive queries in Sparkle, you can have a, an arbitrary number of uh, select variables, and uh, the bindings uh, of those variables are then the result tuples, and this is what I'm referring to. But the underlying data uh, is always triples. Ah, okay. That's what I was looking for. Thank you. Uh, mm -hmm. Very kind of you. I'll read a little bit more on your URLs. Okay. Great. And thank you. It was a very concise three-slide presentation, very quick. Yeah, thanks. Mm -hmm. All right. So until now, we are uh, – our time is more or less up now, and we cleared our question queue. Your one so last question, your one last question, and I guess you, you might be the person to answer. There's the anonymous two-person asking – if anyone has considered integration with the Nepomuk uh, semantic desktop, uh, and Marcus suggested that you would be a good person to answer, I guess, unless someone else the from... Integration of what? Nepomuk, I mean, the EFKI uh, project uh, for social semantic desktop. 
I, I know the Nepomuk project, but I don't understand the question precisely. Okay, can the anonymous two person do a start three and ask your question precisely, please? Oh, Marcus is trying to jump in. What I understood was that the question is whether there are plans to integrate uh, semantic media wiki and the tool suite or scale around it uh, and the data, I guess, specifically that it provides uh, with Nipomuk and the data processing capabilities and the search capabilities that Nipomuk would provide. Um, so, yeah, the, the rather sad answer is that is today the difference between desktop applications and web applications is still not easy to bridge, and in Nepomuk we decided to sit on desktop technologies, um, so there's no tight integration to any web tool planned. We have adapters that crawl Flickr or Delicious, and probably would be also very easy to write an adapter to crawl semantic media wiki data uh, using the RDF export, that's more or less a two-liner, uh, but it hasn't been done yet. And well, also the My example... I'm sorry, I'm actually the anonymous user. You guys caught me right at the tail end where your conference was ending and I had to catch my ride home. But uh, long story short, uh, XWiki is a uh, byproduct of some of the European Union uh, collaboration projects where they're trying to uh, create a help desk environment that is semantically charged. And essentially I was looking to see if any of the other semantic wikis had integrated that an application programming interface or uh, some such code that would allow web services and whatnot to uh, be utilized in the same fashion that XWiki would uh, for the semantic uh, desktop, primarily the Nipomuk project to integrate into their, their product. Can you tell us who you are, please? Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. My name is Chris Mitchell. Oh, hi. Oh, finally. Okay, so Nepomuk is, is not, the, Nepomuk did not result in one single product. We had uh, several Java-based core products and we had several case studies that developed their own prototypes. And uh, during Nepomuk, we used XWiki all the time as our internal wiki. And uh, yes, there was one case study using XWiki or Still in the process of enhancing XWiki to a semantically enabled XWiki, and we always joked about the name SexWiki, if you put the acronym together. Um, and then it has been transformed into XWits. And I don't know what the current state of implementation is, but there the idea was that a user, an end user, could use a small application to upload, back, uh, a desktop application to upload bug reports that would then end up in a website where they can be discussed with other users and solutions can be found and entered. So that was one point of integration between desktop and web applications. But uh, in the in the larger Nepomuk tools, there were few semantic wiki integrations. There's a small built-in semantic wiki in Nepomuk itself, but that's very, very basic compared to what we've seen today. But anyway, the Nepomuk results are, are done now, and you can you can download the Java-based Nepomuk prototype from nepomuk.semanticweb.org, uh, uh, semanticdesktop.org, or uh, you can download KDE4. 
can play around there. I guess we should so then I cut, wrap up. Then I cut myself on time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, back to you and, uh, to sort of uh, wrap us up. Yeah, so today's session was a real blast for me. Uh, I learned a lot of, of stuff about Semantic Media Wiki uh, and the extensions and the extensions to these extensions. And I can only recommend to look again at the slides where you see all these screenshots in, in higher resolution. Um, and thanks for the PAC session. I hope to see you next year in the fourth session where we see applications. Uh, no, I don't know the exact title out of my head, but you can... The links to the other sessions are also on semwiki.org. And, yeah, thanks for the session, for the questions, for attending. And bye-bye.